Hello, everyone. Just to let you know before you listen to the podcast that we're holding eight free curriculum design events for primary senior leaders in coastal locations all around the country from early next year, 2020. These half-day events are for schools who don't currently use cornerstones because we'll be covering the essential aspects of curriculum design that if you are using cornerstones, you'll already have in place. Now, as well as covering curriculum design, we'll also be showing you how to reduce workload so you can really free teachers up to teach and how to craft a curriculum that is right for your school's context and values. We're excited to be joined by the inspirational, award-winning deputy head teacher and author, Jonathan Lear of Gorilla Ed fame. And you'll also be able to hear from local schools about their own curriculum design journey and the impact they're having. We're coming to Grimsby, Lowestoft, Sittingbourne, Bournemouth, Plymouth, Bristol, Blackpool and Hartlepool. And you can book up to two free places on each event. There's a morning or an afternoon option and lunch and refreshments are included. So it would be wonderful to see you there. Visit our events page on our website. That's cornerstoneseducation.co.uk to book your two free places. Thank you for listening and it's back to the podcast. Welcome to The Curriculum, a podcast by Cornerstones Education. Here we discuss all things curriculum, plus leadership issues, teaching tips and much, much more. Hello everyone, I'm your host Caroline Pudner. Now today's podcast with Matthew Purvis, who's the Deputy Director of Schools for Ofsted, continues our conversation with the Inspectorate about their new inspection framework. Now, as regular listeners will know, we recently spoke to Chief Inspector Amanda Spielman while the framework was still in its draft form. But I do know that many of our listeners, many school leaders and teachers, are keen to see what changes were made after the pilots and the consultation and also how they can best prepare for the changes in inspection and what the inspection process will actually feel like. I hope you'll find our conversation really useful for your curriculum work and preparation for inspection. So welcome to the podcast, Matthew. Hi, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me today. Now, when I spoke to Amanda, obviously the EIF, the Education Inspection Framework, was in its draft stage still. So what's happened since then? So it's quite exciting, really. The The draft has become a final set of handbooks and um, early in May we published those um, and they're available on Ofsted's website for, for anyone to see. Yeah. And we'll probably get into this in, in the podcast, but they've changed a little bit um, from the draft versions because we got so many helpful comments from people in the sector, from leaders, from teachers, governors and others that led us to, to make improvements here or there. But the idea of publishing those in early May is that there isn't a rush for, for colleagues over the latter part of the summer term to become familiar with the handbooks. They're out there. Colleagues can look at them and then know what's coming in September. Yes, we've all read them. There's a lot on the internet about them. There's even <laughs> slides, aren't there? I, I know you've yes. done a whole series of slides which are really useful. They're nice and short. You can get to grips with what the changes are and you can listen to podcasts as well. There's all sorts of, of information because we're yeah. in that age now, aren't That's we? Right. Where yeah, absolutely. Everything's out there. Yeah. yeah, I'll unpick the consultation in a moment. But I wanted to ask about the pilot because that's really interesting that you've piloted the new inspection process, uh, haven't you? And mm. I wonder if you could tell the listeners a, a bit about the pilot. 
Well, look, piloting has always been part of what Ofsted does. It's always been part of testing out uh, inspection frameworks. But I think what we've done this time is we've dialed it up to 11. Mm. So we've been piloting for four terms uh, on this. And every term it's become sharper and more directed as we get ready for the new framework. Right. So we started with some pilots that were just testing out some of the ideas we were having for the framework. Yeah. We'll cut three, four terms ahead to that. And actually the process of practicing the new inspection methodology that supports the judgments we reach has become quite a defined methodology. So alongside the handbooks, we publish something called Inspecting the Curriculum, mm. which is our note about how inspectors will go about uh, inspection. Right. And, and really it boils down to three or four stages. First of all, working with leaders to form a top-level view of what's going on mm. uh, in the school. So looking at, at the curriculum and the thinking behind that, thinking about what the school's uh, provision is there and, and and who it's for. And through that conversation, particularly you know, kind of in, in preparation for the inspection, deciding where we're going to look in more detail and doing that collaboratively with school leaders. Yeah. And that leads you into the second stage, which we're, we're calling deep dives it's it's jargon we know that but we couldn't think of a kind of better fine, pithy title and people, so um, people have heard about it now yeah. yeah and all that means really is um in four or five or six areas of mm. the school subjects uh, areas of the school inspectors would do a much more intense look at what's going on there mm. and instead of that being just a set of lesson visits or just a set of of looking at the books it would start with it will start with a conversation with the the leaders in that area so the curriculum leaders and what that means is an inspector isn't walking into the classroom and just experiencing what they're experiencing they have in their mind well, what does the school expect to be happening here yeah you know what do the curriculum leaders tell us this lesson's place in the sequence of lessons mm. is and then when we look at the work alongside curriculum leaders it's not about spelling or handwriting, not that it ever was was that, but it's about, well, how does that fit with where the school intends for pupils to be um, in, in that sequence of learning? Are pupils doing that work? And also conversations with classroom teachers mm. and conversations with pupils. And a deep dive is about saying, right, we're going to do all those things and we're going to connect them. And we're going to connect them in a particular subject. Mm. And then we're going to connect those four or five or six deep dives together not to have a collection of subject judgments, but overall to understand the quality of education that's being offered in the school. Yeah. And that then takes you to the last stage, which is bringing it all together and thinking, where else do we need to gather evidence? So it's starting with that kind of deep, rich look, bringing it all together and saying, right, OK, well, let's let's reflect overnight. Uh, school leader, inspector, think about it. And tomorrow, where do we need to gather more evidence as we, we bring the inspection to a conclusion? Yes, and I remember when I spoke to Amanda Spielman, she said... She'd spoken, I think she'd gone into one of the pilot inspections mm. and spoken to a head teacher. Yes. And she said this, this senior leader had a crystal clear vision of, and she could articulate mm. where she wanted the school to be. Yes. And, you know, that's what you're looking for, isn't it? It seems the intent stage and whether it's implemented or there's a really clear plan for it to be implemented. Yes. Yeah, and, and just just in case a kind of myth arises there, because mm -hmm. we seem to create myths as we go and we do our <laughs> yeah. very best not to. Have I just created a well, myth? <laughs> well, it's not about the language, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think I've heard one or two people say either, well, Ofsted will be fobbed off by the language that we use, or 
well, if I just get the language right, that's what'll get it get I it passed. Yeah. And and that wasn't the point you were making, but I think people worry about that. Actually, we've been doing doing two years of training with inspectors about the curriculum and about the concepts mm-hmm. there. And we're looking at some really simple questions. We're looking at, you know, does the school, do leaders have a really clear sense of what the endpoints are that they want pupils to get to in this subject? What are the key concepts that are going to get them there? And, and what order do you teach them in? Mm. So, so it's about having that conversation in whatever language the school uses. It's not mm. about having the right language. That's but it great, is about yeah. having thought really clearly about the what, about the content yeah. of education. Because that's why we're all in education, yes. isn't it? That's what matters. Yeah, it's right that you mentioned jargon, actually. And, you know, whether people feel comfortable using certain words when actually it's the kind of bread and butter stuff of education is yeah. is do you know what you want the children yes. like you're saying the yeah. endpoints and how are you as a school getting them there yeah. i think that's that's really clear it's nice that you don't have a prescriptive way yeah. in which people are going to have to talk about that i think yes. that will reassure a lot of our listeners yeah and just to be really clear as well those endpoints aren't a mysterious thing either it's not a secret kind of Ofsted view of yeah. where we want people to get you know inspectors will be going out with the, the handbooks in one hand and the national curriculum in the other you know yeah. that the, there yeah. is there's a there's a and if you're a maintained school, you have to follow the national curriculum. Yeah. If you're an academy, you don't, but you have to be offering a curriculum of equal or greater, greater breadth and, and ambition. Mm. So it's 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 not a kind of obscure thing what the end point is. It's just thinking through the curriculum. Where do you want your children to get? Yeah, because I know a senior leader asked me that, actually, to ask you what are yeah. the end points. So it is yeah. something, but it is, it's, it's there in the curriculum, isn't yes. it? And it's for us to break it down in your school yeah. where you want your children to be. What does it mean in my context? Yeah. And, and look, I wrote with my own hands into the handbook that radically different approaches to the curriculum yeah. will be recognised uh, positively by inspectors mm. so so it's about applying that in your context and in line, line with your vision yeah. but it's about having thought that through really carefully and that being evident in what's happening in your school fantastic and just thinking about the, the piloting again Matthew did any of the piloting experience lead to any changes in hmm. the framework yes. and what were they yes okay talking just in schools and, yeah. and we go beyond schools but uh, talking just in schools um We'll have done approximately 200 pilots by the time we okay. um, we go live with the new framework in September. We're far past 159 and we're heading to that, that, that final number. We've done those in, in all shapes, sizes, locations, grades of schools. So maintained nurseries, middle schools, first schools, junior schools, special schools, PRUs, all of that. Um, and we haven't just gone into schools that are good. We, we've actually gone into schools with different inspection that sit on different inspection mm. judgments just now. So we've really tried mm. to see what this means in different contexts. Yeah. Huge amount of that has then gone into inform this note that I was talking about that we published about inspecting the curriculum. This yeah. this approach, the the deep dive approach. But you know, to to relate it to the consultation, one of the things we consulted on was preparing on site. Yeah. Um, which. Uh, I'm going to say was not universally popular <laughs> in, um, in what we said um, and and actually it, was, it, it became clear throughout the consultation that, that schools and, and leaders didn't hear it in the way we intended which was to work collaboratively actually it, it felt like well if you're on site Ofsted you must yeah. be inspecting yeah. so, so we had to think well what's an alternative and actually what the pilot showed us was you can have an educationally focused conversation on the phone yeah. Um, so before the inspection, instead of that phone call just being, um, well, let's agree the logistics. Yeah. Let's have a have a conversation about 
what's happened since the last inspection and where are you and where are your strengths and weaknesses and mm. and you know we're going to come and look at subjects and do deep dives which sort of areas do you think we should look at and when we think about these so it means that on the morning of day one of the inspection it's not a kind of surprise experience for everyone the school and the inspector know where the focus is going to be the right people can be in the room for the conversation yeah. And that really powerfully came out of the pilots. And that's been working really well in kind of the latest phase of pilots we've been oh, doing right. to make so you, sure that we're, we're ready for this. Because I don't want us to do anything without having tried it. And I think that'll be a, a core part of the, the methodology going forward. Mm. What one, one thing I would say is that conversation might last 90 minutes. It might last less. Yeah. It might not just be all done in a chunk. So on some of the pilots, the school leaders said, look, actually, can we have a bit of a break? I want to go and bring in my history specialist or my math specialist to have this bit of the conversation. Yeah. And that's the great flexibility of a phone call that you can say, all right, okay, well, I'll get on with the other bit of my preparation. Let's have that bit of the conversation later. So it's it's flexible. Yeah. I was going to ask actually about the, you mentioned the, the subject areas that you're going to have this mm. deep dive in. Yes. Is that something that you mutually agree then between senior leadership and yes. the inspector? Okay. Um, have you, so you've been piloting that yes. aspect of it as well. So could a school then sort of decide which subjects they'd like you to look at throughout school yeah they they absolutely could um and i think at the end of that preparatory conversation you'd probably find that neither the inspector's entire original plan nor the school's entire original plan is the one that that's followed on on the day because actually there'll be some subjects the school says please will you look at this and inspectors say yes and somewhere the inspector says no look really i want to get under the skin of this yeah it'll be a mixture of the two Mm. and that's that's part of of working together collaborating on that inspection and i know reading is a huge one isn't it you're always going to be looking at reading throughout the school which is is great because without that you can't access yes uh, a wide curriculum so you've obviously really shone the light on on reading haven't you um so in terms of the pilot that's still continuing right up until the end of term by the sounds of it absolutely yeah and then in terms of the consultation, I read that you had about 15,000 responses. Is that <laughs> we right? We did, yes. Yes, we did. Goodness me. And I bet there are all a complete variety of, of yes. different opinions and, you know, from different well, sectors as well. Do, do you know what? On many issues, yes. But on the overall issue about do we have the focus right in this framework, yeah. the response was overwhelmingly positive. Mm. And the rate of agree and strongly agree from, from, from um, colleagues and others who responded was kind of three quarters or, or 80%. It was it was really high. And, and when, when I read through the free text comments, which is something we did, and there oh, were 22,000 free text comments from all of that, on those questions about have we got the focus right, the answer was overwhelmingly yes. Mm. We're looking at the right things. Now, the controversy then comes with things like on-site preparation, and I've said what we'll do with that. Yeah. The proposition to inspect for two days for what we used to call short inspections for Section 8. And actually, that was that was quite split. But but a, a big theme that came through on the on the free text responses was, but often if you're going to get under the skin of quality of education, you need to take time to do it properly. Yeah. And that that was the argument that ultimately held with us. And that's why for for most schools we've gone with um, two day uh, section eight inspections, except that. A lot of the very smallest schools wrote in and said, well, we've got 90 pupils or we've got 30 pupils. <laughs> mm. Feels a bit disproportionate, doesn't it, Ofsted? And 
and they were right. So for the very smallest uh, schools, we'll, we'll stick with that one day, one day yeah. section eight. So all those sorts of comments really helped to shape up the decisions that we made. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know because we, we at uh, Cornstones, we have, I've been working in a school with 40 pupils. Yes. Uh, yes. So it's, yeah, two day inspection would be a bit much to, to handle and you wouldn't need it. That's what you're saying yeah. is it, it's doing what's needed really yeah. to get under the skin of yeah. the curriculum. Yeah. Uh, and you certainly can't do that in a very short amount that's of time, right. yeah. even with a conversation beforehand with a curriculum yeah. lead and yeah. a senior leader. It's not fair to the school, to yeah. the senior leaders, and it's not fair to the children and young people in that school. I don't think it give, yeah. the one day for most schools gives you that proper yeah. understanding. Okay, so consultations fed into it, the piloting's fed mm. in. Something else I noticed about the piloting stage, you've also been training, obviously, having yes. to train inspectors yes. in how to go about yes. doing their inspections. Mm. It's obviously a big shift for them. Yes. I mean, who who are Ofsted inspectors on the whole? I mean, are they... Great question. So, so, so um, we have... And again, I'll, get, I'll give the answer in, in schools terms. So yeah. we've got something like 170 Her Majesty's inspectors, a bit, bit more than that. They're obviously professional full-time inspectors. And then we have about 1,600 Ofsted inspectors in the school space. And they are overwhelmingly, um, I think it's 70%, are, are serving practitioners. So they are school leaders, uh, and, and that's the day job. And they give us a certain number of days a year to, right. to inspect. And within that that collection of of Ofsted inspectors, there are many who lead inspections and and those who who just team. And as part of the training and the piloting, we've made sure that all HMI and all Ofsted inspectors who lead inspections have taken part in at least one of the pilots, usually more, but at least one of one of the pilots, so that their experience of walking in on the first of September and and the school's experience isn't confusion mm. it's having had an experience and a sense of what it would feel like to do this and then over the summer period in july and then september we're offering a very intensive process of of the final stage of our training yeah so we spent two years talking about the curriculum and the core concepts mm. because being on the same page about that is the most important thing to inform our practice yeah but the summer training is about right Let's now walk through together what it's like to do this inspection, to get under the skin of things, to use from the pilots that model of the deep dives, and let's achieve consistency in our inspection through that. Mm. So, so, so that's what's next. Okay, so this is obviously a very thorough process, and like you say, it's it has been quite a while since you released the information about the curriculum yes. and all your research. Yes. So inspectors, as you say, have had a lot of time to sort of get on board with that yeah. and understand why it's been such a significant yeah. shift in focus yeah. yeah so there'll be some schools listening who may well be inspected in september yes under the new framework yeah. um do you think they're going to really feel a difference and have you heard from the schools that have been piloted uh, yes about so how they feel about it uh yes so really pretty positive uh from from the schools that have encountered the pilots uh, full disclosure we haven't published reports or anything okay. on those pilots yeah. so of course it's a kind of friendlier experience yeah. so you've got to take that into account but really positive um but also i think at the heart of that saying this does feel there are bits of it that feel the same yeah so on safeguarding for example it feels like the mm. same clear focus and that's something we've really worked on leadership and management a lot of continuity in behavior a lot of continuity yeah. But on that core curricular question, the feedback is this feels really different. 
And one of one of those things is actually, you know, my teacher said to me, we spoke to inspectors a lot more than we have done on, on recent inspections. Because, mm. of course, when you're having the curriculum conversation, talking to teachers is an essential part of that. Yeah. It's not just a leadership conversation. So the feedback from the inspections in a good way is it feels really different in the sense that, that curriculum conversation is absolutely at the heart of, of, of the new methodology. Mm. And, and one of the things that we always try to do as an organisation is inspectors don't just go off and do it themselves, but they, they, they bring senior leaders with them on a journey. They see some of the same evidence throughout the inspection. And I think that's been a really positive experience for some leaders on the pilots because they've seen that curriculum lens on, on what's going on and it's maybe added other thoughts to their their already very strong curriculum mm. thinking. And so. I suppose this practice is going to grow the more people experience inspections yes. and the more inspectors in, experience yes. inspections then that that ability to get under the skin, do the deep dives, talk yes. about curriculum. Yeah. It'll it'll gradually maybe it's even already happening. I yeah. think it, it is in indefinitely yeah. some with some schools it'll become more natural and more it's just easier to do I mean it could be that that schools listening think well we have been talking about or we, we've mm. been itching to talk mm, about yeah. that and the schools that, yeah. that give us feedback can't wait to yeah. uh, and are very like you say the feedback's been overwhelmingly positive from our schools about Ofsted's new mm. focus they want to talk about and they want to think about the substance of education yeah. and uh, so hopefully that will translate into a a more meaningful inspection for them as well. Someone we haven't mentioned is the children. And I wondered if um, you could tell me a little bit about the conversations that inspectors will have with children. Because I know the senior leader one is very important, but they will be talking Mm, to to children. I notice you've done some training as well with inspectors um, on how to talk to children and and what to ask them. Yes. So... so, so, um... So we're doing all of this for for the for, for the children yeah. and people who are served by us and, and by our schools. You're right. We're doing training on 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 the conversation with children, and young people. I mean, let's not forget that inspectors are serving leaders yeah. or, or 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 HMI kind of experienced former leaders. So there's there's a bit that we don't need to train because that conversation is part of what what they're used to. But what's different is I think many of our conversations in the recent past have focused on on some of the broader areas that the personal development type areas and they really matter. Mm. Things like values and, and do you feel safe at this school yeah. and, and, and other issues around that. And that's got to continue. But these conversations now will also be curricular conversations. So, you know, I've, I've witnessed, witnessed it myself, you know, you a group of pupils from all year groups around the table talking to the inspector about language teaching okay. in the school and their experience of it and yeah. and what they understand from the curriculum mm. and what's really important is inspectors apply a bit of that judgment about knowing that you get different responses from different pupils depending on how they're feeling <laughs> at a particular yeah, time and all yeah. those sorts of things and um, so you've got to take that into account mm. But also you get really rich information about the curriculum from that conversation, yeah. particularly when you've been in the classes that they've been in. So there's a, there's a common ground about about what they're experiencing. Yeah. So, yeah, really important. And, and I suppose that gives that sense of continuity and progression mm. as well. If you have different children from different year groups, yes. it's all adding to that bigger picture, yeah. isn't it? Of, yeah. of what's going on throughout yeah. school. Yeah. So, and I bet the children love talk. Well, most of them will love talking about. There's at least one in every group who really loves (laughs) doing it. 
Now, um, Matthew, I've got a couple of questions from senior leaders, if that's okay. Of course. Because they knew I was Go coming to, to yeah. talk to you. And a senior leader in Rotherham just wanted to know if you could clarify what inspectors will look for in terms of data. I know that there's been a shift away from you yeah. know, having to produce lots of internal data, but what will they be scrutinising when they got come? You. It's a great question. And we've been really upfront about saying inspectors will not look at schools' internal progress and attainment data. Yeah. Now, that's really specific. So, so actually, um, there'll be all sorts of conversations about attendance and other things where data will come into it. Just It just has to. But inspectors will not look at schools' internal progress and attainment data. Now, I think that's been misheard in some places as inspectors will put blinkers on and walk around the school and not be willing to talk about anything that's understood from data. That's that's not the case. So on the inspection conversation, a vital question is, is inspectors asking about how children and young people are doing in the school, what, what they're learning, how they're progressing, um, how they're achieving. Now, as a leader, you draw on lots of sources of information to, to tell inspectors about that. Mm. Data is almost always one of them, hugely important for, for many. The key problem we have at the moment is that after having that conversation, sometimes the ring binder gets slapped on the table and, and the inspector and the leader then go into analysing the school's particular data system, whether it be bought in from outside or, or self-generated. Well, the point of which the conversation gets there is not a helpful conversation for the children in the school mm. because that becomes data uh, inspection as a data analysis activity rather than saying, look, that is your understanding, head, senior leaders, of what's going on in the school. Now let's go out together and see it firsthand in the classrooms. Yeah. So the key thing here is, of course, leaders should be informed by their data, by other things. Tell inspectors about it. But inspectors are not going to get into the spreadsheets with you because the useful thing that we can do on children's and your behalf is go and see that in the classroom and see whether that matches the understanding you have. Yes. And, and I know I read somewhere that you'd also said it's about you're interested in how the leaders what they do about that data that they've yes they've exactly. seen so yes. if they know yeah. things are, are going well in certain areas not in yeah. others what are you doing about yeah. it what, what you know what's your next uh, yeah. decisions going yeah. to be so it's the use of of data isn't it Ab absolutely absolutely and and i hope this is going to have a positive impact on on teachers workload and on leaders workload mm. um it's really obvious to me that teachers and leaders will always work incredibly hard but we want to take the pressure off to focus on some of the wrong things and give the space to focus on the on the right things. And we hope this will take the pressure off producing or managing or using any data for us. Mm. Because if we're not looking at it, you can use it in the way that you want to for your for your school. Mm. And and look, we know that that's what hundreds and thousands of schools do anyway. But we know that some other schools feel the pressure to do something for Ofsted. Yeah. And we would always say, don't prepare for inspection, don't prepare for us, and certainly don't produce this data for us because we won't look at it. Do what's right for you children and young people, and we'll see that. I think that's a really important message. And, I mean, if you're listening to this, and you know this message anyway, but you know colleagues who maybe uh, would benefit from knowing mm. this, it's really important to get this message out to, because workload is such a potentially big issue yeah. well it's not potentially a big issue it is, it is. Yeah. and so this really could make a difference it would have made a difference to me as a teacher mm. a few years ago if I didn't have to have done so much of that internal data and I'm sure there's many people listening who who will that will resonate with yeah. uh, so that's reassuring to hear 
um, as many of our listeners who'd listened to the podcast I did with Amanda Spielman, where she she said primaries often have the harder job mm. it, uh, in terms of the curriculum and you know having a curriculum in place, resourcing it, and so on and so forth. And reassuringly for us, but also the the schools that we work with, mm. um, we realise Ofsted don't have a preferred uh, curriculum model. Mm. But if a school, say, buys in a quality curriculum yes. with resources, yeah. um, when you come in as an inspector, what would you like to see? What would you like to talk about with um, with the school leaders, would you say? Yeah. And, and sorry, this is particularly in a primary context. You, you yeah. asked the question. Yeah. yeah. OK, so um, so we've been really careful to write into the handbooks the idea of adopting or, 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 or producing a, a curriculum. We have no view about whether you draw from somewhere else or, or produce yourself yeah. that's that's an educational decision that you, you reach so if you're using a resource from elsewhere and it's the right thing for your school then fantastic mm-hmm. and, and and let's go from there I think where that sometimes goes wrong is, is an unthinking use of, of an external resource um, where it's there and people follow it but without that thought about well, where we started about where you're trying to get your children, young people to. Mm. Um, so, so it always has to be an intelligent use of that. But we're we're really behind um, any adoption of, of a curriculum or, or, or production yourself. Um, and in primary school, I guess the other area that matters uh, very greatly in the new framework is reading. And you've you've touched on that already. And just that we'll always, when we're we're inspecting, always undertake a deep dive on reading kind of starting in the early years foundation stage and working up mm. because the, the reality is if if children can't read mm. then they don't have access to the riches that is the curriculum that they can they can learn no. from so and vocabulary is, is oh, it's so yes. good to hear vocabulary talked about a lot yes. in in Ofsted's work yeah. and wider you know we, yes. we I've heard so much about it because I know from having my own children with the use of <laughs> technology they yeah. they're their level of vocabulary um, seems to be declining. And I, I know there are yeah. studies, I can't cite them at the moment, but that children who are age five and four who are entering school, their level of vocabulary is, yeah. is less than it should be. Uh, and so if we're talking about curriculum richness and mm. uh, knowledge and yeah. learning all these different subjects, reading, vocabulary yeah. are really important bread yeah. and butter yeah. aspects of yeah. primary school yeah. and then beyond, aren't yeah. they? Well, because reading isn't just decoding. I mean, it is decoding. We have to learn yeah. how to do that. But but it, it's it's understanding the words and, and their meaning. And and vocabulary is important because it stands for the concepts that sit behind that vocabulary. Mm. And, you know, whichever particular study you want to cite it or, or not cite, there is a definite word gap in terms of number of words heard and complexity of words heard between our most advantaged and our least advantaged mm. pupils. And everything we know about the way that the brain learns is the more you know, the more you're able to learn. So so, so vocabulary, not in the sense of learning glossaries, but vocabulary in the sense of understanding words and their meaning and the concepts they represent, particularly at the early end of primary, but then carrying on. Mm. That's how we're going to narrow the gap. That's how we're going to close the gap, really giving that knowledge to yeah. to, to young children yeah. so that then the gap doesn't emerge. So, yeah, it's, hu- it's hugely important. Totally agree, and it's really good to see that. And, you know, let's hope that this focus on curriculum mm. and allowing schools to have a kind of a, a longer view of where they want children to be and yeah. to gather the right resources to help yeah. them, it will narrow that gap. Could I, could yeah, I share one other thing that... I, 
that might be an emerging myth on primary schools in an Ofsted's inspection. And I'd just like to kind of scotch if that's okay, yeah, which yeah. is when we talked about the deep dive methodology, the, the new approach to inspection, I use the word subjects quite a lot. And I hear one or two primary colleagues worrying that Ofsted will expect to see a secondary style curriculum in a primary school. And I just want to say that's absolutely not the case. Right. Um, topic teaching is a big part of many primary schools. There are many different approaches. And Ofsted inspectors will inspect what they find. The way you design your curriculum is what we're going to inspect. So when we talk about subject in primary we're thinking about the disciplinary knowledge of, of a subject, yeah. which might be taught through a topic or it might be taught um, through a subject or, or whichever way. But we're looking at when you cover the Romans and you think you're covering a history element, are you covering the history bit of that? Yeah. Or is it yeah. something else that looks like history because it's about the Romans? So, so it, it's topic-based teaching, subject-based teaching, that's all absolutely fine. But inspectors will be wanting to get under the skin of is the disciplinary knowledge relating to that subject yeah. there. For, well, that's for a great myth to, to bust because I'm sure there are people who have uh, worried that they have to timetable all the subjects in all distinctly. Some schools do that well, and that's yeah. fine and they can, they can do that. Well, well, look, I mean, we're very keen that all that content is taught. Yeah. And I think sometimes there's a risk, particularly at the end of Key Stage 2, that some of it gets lost um, in, in the kind because of the, the move towards, towards yeah. SATs. Um, but we, we don't expect to see it timetabled in a particular way. No, OK. Don't do that for Ofsted, because it's not right. <laughs> well, thank you ever so much, Matthew. You've Honestly, you've busted a lot of myths that may so. be out there. Um, but, I mean, your message from Ofsted is really clear, um, not just on this podcast, but there are many places that our listeners can go and read um, the framework, the handbooks. That's mm. interesting, actually, even if you're not a senior leader, I think mm. for teachers to, to go into that and have a look at the handbook and the framework and also the research that's gone into it mm. as well. If you're interested in finding out, you know, why the curriculum yeah. in the first place and what you'd discovered at Ofsted um, and the people you've talked to, it's yeah. also very interesting to hear, to hear that from an educational yeah. point of view. And can I, can I just add to that, which is... Um, I get a lot of emails from companies offering to train me on the Ofsted inspection framework, which I think is jolly decent of them, but I probably don't don't need. Um, and I also wonder where they got their information from because they're not people we've interacted with. So, so there's a there's a lot of material out there that might not be informed in the way that you know, you and I are from having this conversation. Yeah. So we have put for free on our website. Um, essentially the training that inspectors have received about the curriculum. So yeah. we, did a, we did a half day um, seminar, we videoed it, um, we broke it down into manageable chunks. That's all available for free. So if you want to know what Ofsted thinks about the curriculum and you want to really dive into it, it's there for free on our mm. website. You don't need a middleman. You've actually, no, it, yeah. it, it, this is all about actually seeing what you're saying yeah. uh, and the message is yeah. straight from you. Yeah. We don't want to be mysterious or have some secret <laughs> version of the truth. It's right there for, yeah. for, for everyone to use and we'd urge people to look at it. And if you have an attention span like mine, we also did um, some kind of two minute videos that go on top of that, which are the key concepts in, in the framework. So yeah. whatever level you want to engage with, it's mm. there for free on the Ofsted website. Brilliant. And I'll put a link actually on, on the website um uh, with this podcast i'll put a link to those those short videos are really useful actually and that's how oh, i came across you matthew because i <laughs> and you know happily we're here now doing the podcast yeah. but 
um, you know, you talk about knowledge and skills, there's reading, all the main sort of themes and issues mm. that are uh, brought up in the new framework mm. uh, and for leaders and teachers to think about. And they're nice and short, get to the point. Uh, they are really good, uh, good watch, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad so, <laughs> to hear you think that. No, it's really clear. That's what we need, I think, in yeah. education. It's nice, clear, simple, uh, straightforward advice that you know you can get on and do mm. and uh, without a middle man sort of mm. trying to explain it when there's no need to. Yeah. So thank you again, Matthew, for your time. Well, of course, thank you. And thank you, the listener, for joining us today. I hope that's given you lots of food for thought and reassured you as well if you're expecting an inspection um, come September and onwards. Uh, and I'll put all the links that Matthew's mentioned at the bottom of this podcast um, in the on our website description. So thank you. Until next time, it's bye from me.